Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hey guys, today we have on the show our little country soul sister, Jessica Stansberry from Oh Hey Jessica. We are super excited for you to dive into this episode. Pre-warning, grab your sweet tea. Grab some lemonade, grab a biscuit, kick your feet up on a porch maybe, because I feel like her accent is going to want to make y'all like go all Sweet Home Alabama style. Sweet Home Alabama. (laughs) Get ready, because in today's episode with Jessica Stansberry, we're talking about niching down or niching down It's up to you to decide how to say it because we can't decide the entire episode the correct way to say it. We are talking about what it can do for your business, how exactly Jessica went about doing this, how it helped her business grow, some of the things she was able to accomplish because of it, what you might be able to do as a newbie what you can do if you've already started your business, how you might be able to see success, is there a way to niche down too far, and so, so much more. We get a little crazy inside this episode, so get ready. I can't wait for you to chat with one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Yes, it's time to get started. OMG, Jessica is on the podcast, (laughs) finally! (laughs) I wanted to say, like, why have I not been here before? Why? Is well, that was our email. Yeah. Uh, our subject line was, why haven't you been on our podcast? I know. Like, I, when I read it, I was like, yeah, exactly. Why haven't that's a, I been That's here? a great question. <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know, Jessica is one of my dear friends, and we talk often, and we say many inappropriate things, but we are try- we're going to try to make this as businessy and as helpful as possible. But I have a feeling we'll get off track occasionally, but it's going to be all right. You're going to learn a lot today. But I just want you all to know, there was a time when no one knew who Jessica was. And spoiler alert, I think Abby's going to end this episode with an accent. So you guys wait for that transition. 
Because it's gonna ha- it's already started to happen. So I'm super excited. She said y'all. I caught that yeah. one. Yeah, she's she's like dipping in. Everyone's gonna want sweet tea after this. So tell me when because there were there was a time when nobody knew who Jessica Stansberry was. And how how was life then for you? I mean, it was like the kid in the corner at the party, you know, like it was like, oh, who is that kid? I don't know who that kid is. Oh, well, let's just keep dancing. Um, (laughs) You know, like it's not you. I think everybody realizes that you have to have visibility and people have to know who you are for your business to grow. But it's such a hard thing to know what you have to do to do that. Like, it's so hard to be like, well, I'm out there. I'm in the Facebook groups. I'm commenting. I'm, you know, tagging people. I'm doing whatever, but people still don't know who I am. And you're like, well, shit, what do I do next? Oh, wait, can I say shit? Yeah. Oh yeah. You're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Just take a jerk. Yeah. Fuck niceness. <laughs> good. Okay, good. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. So why do you think, do you think it was because Well, tell us about what your business was doing at that time. Yeah, sure. I was a web designer. I had been a web designer since 2010 when my first baby was born. I just sort of jumped into blog design at the time and then morphed into web design. And so I was a web designer. And I think a lot of it was... I was doing the same thing a lot of other people were doing, right? Like there's a shit ton of web designers and they're all writing the same blog post and they're all writing, sharing the same things on social media and all trying to use the same strategies. So it was, it's just really hard to do the same thing hundreds or thousands of other people are doing and stand out. So, I mean, I think I just, I just did not know what to do, you know? And I will say that like I didn't know what made me different. I didn't know what what I could do to make me be attractive to other people versus this other person. So sure, I did good web design, but like what made me different? So right. it wasn't really until people started telling me what made me different that I was like, oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. Lean into that. Yeah. So how long were you doing this more generic business per se. Oh, a long time. So really getting serious about it though and being in the Facebook groups and blogging consistently and sort of doing that was a couple of years. And I mean, I got clients and I made money. I can't complain, but it was always like this rat race of well, where's the next client coming from? Where's the, you know, the next little bit of money coming from? Ooh, they want a web designer. Let me beat everybody else and comment first. So yeah. it just always felt like this rat race and never felt like, oh, I can count on X amount of dollars per month or X amount of clients or whatever. Well, so. I think that's what a lot of people start. I love that you describe it as the rat race because so many people are escaping that feeling or avoiding that feeling by being their own boss in general. But then we end up creating that for ourselves because we're not standing out, because we're not finding what's making us unique, because we're not offering something new. We're blending in with all the other designers, all the other photographers, all the other calligraphers, whatever it may be. But I also think it's really hard on day one to know what that uniqueness is. So sometimes you have to do what everyone else is doing for potentially a couple years until you're like, okay, I've kind of mastered this thing. Right. Totally. And I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's just, I feel like you don't know what makes you different until somebody says it to you. 
Yeah. It's so hard to know about yourself. Oh, this is the thing I love about you. Like I saw somebody post in your group the other day talking about your emails and like that they love getting your emails and this is what makes them you different from, and I get that too now, but I didn't then. And it wasn't until people were like, that's what I like about you that I would be like, Oh, let me, let me do more of that. then. (laughs) So what is it that they finally pointed out that you made you start rethinking the way you were doing things? That I made things sound easy. That was the big thing. I got that a lot. People would say, so I'm in WordPress and I'm trying to do this thing, you know, or whatever platform they were in. And I really can't figure it out. And I would be like, oh, let me just film you a little little, like screencast and it'll take me like two seconds and I'll send it over. And I would always get back. Wow. That was like way easier than any of the YouTube videos I saw or any of the tutorials that I saw. Like, how did you make it that easy? Which... To me, I didn't realize I was making it easier than like the next person was. So I had to have those people being like, yeah. And then I would get, and I love to listen to your accent while I'm like watching it. So, (laughs) you know, and for years and years, years, I would avoid client calls because a lot of times Southern equates to stupid for people. Mm -hmm. It just does. And I know that we know that living here. And I won't say there aren't some real dumb Southern people, but (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't, you know, like when somebody would want to hire me for a big web design project and then want to get on the phone, I would always think like, oh, they're not going to hire me. Like they're not. So it actually was the funny part about that was when I started listening to being boss with Kathleen and Emily Mm -hmm. and Emily's got like a slight twang to her. She's from Alabama, I believe. We've had her on the podcast and I can't remember if that's where she's from or not, but people like loved her, you know, like they just, they just loved her. And I was like, Oh, so it doesn't have to mean I'm stupid. Like it doesn't have to mean so quirk. Exactly. So a lot of, so I learned that I didn't need to hide that and I could totally show it. And now it's all over the place. Like the podcast and I have, you know, the, like, that's how I write in my emails and you know, all of that. So I think I learned to embrace that and use that as a way for me to be different. For people who it bothers, bye. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm go not away. <laughs> don't, do you think you're more Southern in your branding than you are in real life? Sometimes. <laughs> like, I tell Jacqueline Lean a lot. In. Yeah. I, I tell Jacqueline a lot that, like, she says howdy to me. I'm like, I would never walk up to somebody and be like, howdy. <laughs> like, I just wouldn't. And so, like, I, but I, but my email is like howdy at my domain, yeah. you know? So, I I do sometimes think I sort of push the envelope a little bit versus how I actually am. But at the same time, I think it works. So it yeah. doesn't really bother me too bad. No, it's totally fine. Yeah. So to talk to us about some of those conversations that people were... So I, I know people who were listening to your videos that you would make really quickly would start pointing stuff out to you. I know Abby had a conversation with you about it. So did it really take that kind of come to Jesus like intervention almost for you to be like, oh, okay, this is it. My friends are telling me this. My audience is telling me this. Do I want to lean into this? Like, cause that's a definitely a conversation. We're good at a lot of things that I do not want to do. Right. And I get asked about still to do that. I'm like, no. And so what, what kind of thought process did you walk yourself through? Did you make sure that that, if you explored that avenue, that it could actually go into something big, like a business? Sure. So I, when I first started hearing that, I was like, okay, so I could make a course. Like that was what my first thought, like, okay, what kind of course can I make? And I always tell people then and now that 
if you're going to make a course and you have one-off service or one-on-one services, that the course doesn't need to replace your one-on-one services unless you want the course to replace your one-on-one services, right? So exactly. (laughs) And me too. So when I got to thinking about a course, like what I could do that would upsell eventually to somebody working with me one-on-one it didn't feel good. I was like, well, I don't think I want to do one-on-one work. Like that's not where I want to be. I got a lot of, this is what the turning page was actually. I was having those moments with people who were like, yes, you're like, you're really good at this. But, and I was also having really shitty client Mm -hmm. experiences. I just Mm -hmm. was. So, and it was, it was a combination of things. I think my heart just wasn't in it either. And so I wasn't giving the best that I could to them Plus, yeah. Plus they just were bad clients. I think there were a couple that I was like, you're crazy town. Like you need to go away. <laughs> yep. But so, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I decided, okay, I'm going to <clears throat> branch off, do a totally different business and sell courses that way. And my first course was the DIY your website course. So I was teaching people how to do what I do, you know, which I don't recommend if you want to keep doing what you do. But <laughs> So, and it sold, no problem. And But this is where Abby and I had the conversation. I would, so that was in April of 2016. It sold. I didn't have any problems. I released ConvertKit Mastery. It sold really well. Didn't have any problems. But I would, I didn't have a good strategy to sell these courses except for when they came out. Like, you know, so I was constantly being like, oh, shoot. I need more money. So I would go right back to the web design stuff. You know, I would be like, oh, nope, mm, nope. And it was, it was Abby's conversation with me after Savvy where she was like, no, like people want to know the things you're teaching. You just have to figure out a way to sell those consistently. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to do the web design. She was like, we stopped just taking clients like one month and didn't have any yeah. income. She was like, I don't recommend that. No, it was, it, was the, it was the worst. Yes, but it literally was that I had the courses for several months, but it was that conversation with Abby that like made me think, you know what? She's totally right. Like I, I can't keep flipping back and forth. I need to just go forward with it. And if she's telling me, I was getting more exposure at this point too. So I knew I could make it happen. It was just a matter of like letting go of some of those like scared, oh no, I'm not making any money feelings. So yeah. I guess from a third, from a outsider's perspective, let me explain what was happening. So I think what was happening is you had this business and then you niche down, but instead of niching down the business you had, you created an entirely separate business. Yes. Yeah. Then that business got traction, but every time it it didn't work, you got scared and went back to the old business. Yes. And so it was like, okay, come to Jesus. Are you going to focus on the business that's working and like every time you get scared, instead of running backwards, are you going to keep working on this thing? And I think that's the important thing to embrace is that niching down, it can be scary and there can be hard times. But a lot of times it means giving up the old part of you or the old thing you're doing and making you a little bit uncomfortable. 
it's terrifying to niche down because it it does the opposite of what we think that it will. When we think we're, we make our audience smaller, that we're going to make less money. Yeah. We think that we're talking to less people, that we're going to have less of an audience. And that is so not true. It's not even funny. And we had to be convinced of this as well in our own business. Like the further we were able to talk about something very, very specific, the our audience track, our blog traffic went up. Our audience growth went up, like everything went up. And so it's there. It may not make sense on the outside. Like you're talking to less people, but you're going to make more money. But that's what's going to happen. Oh, for sure. I mean, I went from an audience of entrepreneurs. Like that was the audience. All of them. All all of the people who want the things, like everybody. (laughs) To people who want to learn how to DIY things in their business. Like that's just the people who want my stuff. And I had to also like go back and think about like, I still have to tell myself, no, that's a strategy. I don't teach strategy and that's okay. That's okay with me. I don't, I don't care to teach strategy. I'm really good at strategy and we can talk strategy all the live long day. But my courses are tech driven. They are step-by-step I get you from step A to step Z and give you everything in between. And if I talk about strategy a little, that's great, but that's not what you're buying from me. See, we do the strategy and we tell you for the step-by-step because I don't want to teach you the (laughs) step-by-step. Exactly. And I have to embrace that. And I still, so even like sometimes my business manager will be like, why don't you do this thing? Or, you know, why don't, I'm like, no, no, no. Cause that's like, that's too much for me. I need to stay in this niche. And I say niche and not niche, but we're just going to go with it. (laughs) But yeah, like I need to stay in this because that's what that's what they want from me. It's not, they don't want the strategy, you know? So, and that's fine. I don't care. Well, and I think it's important. We should point out that a niche or a niche or whatever we're calling it these (laughs) days, we notice this and I think you're embracing it as well is that these people are more mindset driven and it's not so much a demographic of people. Oh, yeah. Like you're Mm -hmm. talking to people who are in the mindset of wanting to DIY. So they might be two years in, like six months in or 10 years into their business. And same with us, like we're talking to people at all stages of business, but they, they need to be uplifted and like all they have this mindset that we're talking to specifically. And I think that's really important to point out because I think a lot of people get so stuck in, well, it's a woman who's 25 and (laughs) she makes about $30,000. And I'm like, oh my God, just let it go. Right. Let it go. You can talk to a a type of person Mm -hmm. and not necessarily one person. Oh yeah. There's a huge difference between like Jacqueline, my podcast co-host, she's not my ideal client. She doesn't want to buy my courses. She doesn't want to learn. She wants to hire somebody else to do it. She's not my ideal client and that's okay. Like I want the people who want to learn the things I'm teaching. So they don't have the money to hire somebody to work convert kit for them, or they don't have the money to hire somebody to do their website, or they they just really like to learn. I mean, it doesn't have to be a money thing. A lot of times it is. They're sort of in the beginning stages and it's, that's the issue. But like, that's okay. Like, that's something I have to stress to people too, is that's okay. Like I, I'm totally fine with not everybody needing what I put out, you know? 
And I also have to think about too, like a different way to market things. So even though I'm doing the DIY and I'm marketing to the person who wants to DIY, I also have to think about marketing to the person who has a team that they need to teach to DIY. Yeah. So there's two different people, uh, quote yeah. unquote people, but yeah, they're not 25 and make 30,000 a year and have red right. hair and live right. in the South. Like I could care less where they live, how much they make or what because they do. Of those, because of those two descriptions, you could very easily be talking to us who mm-hmm. wants to hire that convert kit mastery to teach our VA yep. and someone who's like literally wanting to start on day one to build their own website. Like yep. those are two completely different business yeah, owners. Absolutely. So I yeah. love that. And so sometimes, I mean, most of the time I'm talking to the the solopreneur who's right. wanting to do it. But there are times when I'll host a webinar for people wanting to, ha- you know, teach their team things. Like, that's yeah. okay. But because I know they can all get the same useful information from my courses. So that's fine with me, you know? Yeah. Well, talk to us about the numbers if you have any to brag about. So audience growth, email list growth, just your following and just social awareness. And then obviously the products you were able to create sales all because of this niching down. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to put it, how my email list grew because it grew a shit ton. And I'm trying That's to think an actual measure amount. Yes, yeah, I know. Shit ton. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to think <laughs> of the percentage. So I'm like, eh, what was it? I probably had like 200 people on my email list when I was doing, when I was web designing, right? because I was putting out the same blog posts that right. the other people were putting out. It was just so hard to break past that and make something that people just wanted to sign up for. Well, I get hundreds of signups a day now just for the main opt-in on my website, which is a tech guide. Like that's it. And I mean, I have tons of content upgrades and things like that. So I've definitely, I've like, 100x <laughs> or more my email yeah. list like I don't know. So my email list has grown a ton. I grew a Facebook group. So once I really like niched down and was like I'm going to teach people tech. I mean my Facebook group isn't the biggest group in the world, but I it's grown from 0 to 1500 in 6 months. So That's amazing. I'm like good with it, you know. Yeah. And my blog like viewership, <laughs> I okay, so Side note, I started in like the blog world. My first blog was called iHeart Photoshop. I was teaching Photoshop tutorials. Looking back on that, I'm like, why did I ever leave that? That's exactly what I'm doing now, (laughs) you know? So, but I, you, all I ever wanted was like just 10 a month people coming to my, like just 20 people come to my blog and look at it. And I was so focused on that. And now I'm not even focused on my viewership but it just comes natively because I have increased my exposure. I have a niche. So people know, oh, you have that WordPress issue. That's a Jessica thing. Like go find, go look on our website. I have people tell me all the time that they search my site before they search Google, you know, mm-hmm. for like if it's a specific thing. That's and awesome. so I know my blog. I mean, I'm like a thousand timed my blog viewers. <laughs> I don't know how this, but it math. Yeah, math. I'm not. I, I love math. I'm, I think Abby and I've had this conversation. I love math, but don't make me do it on the spot. Like I can't. But yeah, like my blog viewership is definitely way, way, way up, which is a ripple effect, right? Like I'm giving away content upgrades on all my blog posts. So then they're opting in. So my email list grows. My yeah. email list grows and I sell more courses. I mean, it's 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 okay. It's good. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> 
So this is probably sounding really good to a lot of people right now. And they're like, how do I implement the Jessica method on my own business? So (laughs) if they're like, how do I niche, niche, I'm really psychoanalyzing how to say this (laughs) word now. How do I niche down? Like what sort of questions should they be asking themselves about what they can be thinking or changing? First, I think you guys are saying it right, but I just, I think it would sound funny coming out of my face as the way. So I just say niche. (laughs) Niche Yeah. So I'm like, it's a niche. Okay. So I don't think it's a question they even need to be asking themselves. I think they need to be go finding people, going to find people who can help them because sometimes you're just too close. You're just too close to it. You're like, I know web design. So do I teach other web designers? Right. You know, like you're just too close. When when you reach out, people are like, no, like you helped me figure out this issue and it was super easy. That's what I really liked about you. Or I reached out to you on email after you sent me an email and asked you how you made that pretty signature and you were able to tell me really easy. And it was like stupid easy. So I think like going to other people and even, you know, your best friend in business or whatever and saying like, what do like if you have to think of one thing you could like hire me for because it's what I'm amazing at what is it yep. and that way you're getting an outsider's perspective and then two i have to say that like you have to think about what you want to be doing in 5 or 6 years 10 years yep. 20 years whatever 20 years seems crazy i want to be retired in 20 years but you know <laughs> not, i mean i'm not my mom i'll be my mom's age in 20 years and so like She's very far from retirement, so maybe not. But anyway, <laughs> she her birthday is today, the day we were recording. Aww, happy but, birthday, Jessica's mom. Yes, but when we li- when you listen, it'll be my birthday tomorrow. So, so Aww, happy birthday, birthday, Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, you have to think about like five years from now. And when I would think five years from now, what do I want to be doing? Do I constantly still want to be in these Facebook groups, like trying to get clients? Do I constantly want to be, you know, struggling to know where the next client was coming from or where the next dollar was coming from? No, I want to have a business where I can send out an email and make enough money to go on vacation. You know, like that, that was the type of business I wanted to have. And so when you look at that, well, obviously that's not going to happen as a web designer. So I had to like think through what I was going to do. And it was, I kept getting like, when I would say, I think I want to do this. Like, I think I want to do like a course on DIYing your website or a course on whatever. Everybody was coming back with, nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. If they are, I don't know of it. Nobody's doing that. So it was a very small group of competition. And I think that helped a lot. I tell people all the time, like, that's great if you niche down, but like if you niche down and there's hundreds of thousands of people still competing with you, you need to go again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think something that really stuck out to me, someone asked us when we were having these same conversations with our own business you know, six, nine months ago about, okay, how can we like narrow our focus down? How can we talk to a more specific type of person about a more specific type of thing? And she just kept asking, okay, if I'm in a Facebook group and I see someone's question, 
how can I know that you are who I need to recommend for that thing? Like, yeah. what is someone going to ask about that I can be like, oh, Think Creative Collective is perfect for that. Yeah. And so I think it's very interesting to think outside of that, like take yourself outside of it and say, okay, how, like if uh, my friend or a, or a business buddy or someone who knows me from Instagram, if they were to recommend me for something, what would that be? Right. Yeah. Because you guys are constantly like, oh, Trello question. Let me tag in Abby or Emily. You know, like yeah. it's just a thing or an Instagram question or, you know, anything like that. So I, I totally think you're right. Like you, you need to think about like what you, because when somebody asks for a web designer, not only are they not tagging anybody in, but yeah. 42,005 yeah. people <laughs> comment, yeah. I'm a web designer, I'm a web designer. And the problem with online business and like, especially like one-on-one -on -one services is that it's, there's such a low barrier of entry. So there's just so many, there's yep. tons of photographers, there's tons of brand photographers, there's tons of, you know, this person and that person. So you have to like, think like, what makes me different? And what can I use to sort of, you know, go that way? Want to learn exactly step-by-step -step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more 
Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, and it's not that services can't be niched or niched or whatever but they you just have to go about it in a different way and it's you know some people want to stay working with clients and that's totally fine I we give you permission that's just not what worked for us and we accept that and own it and we'll shout it from the rooftops all day long. It was just not our long-term game plan for yeah. it. But what we do tell people who want to continue working with clients is you still have to ask yourself, okay, what about the process and the experience are you providing that makes you different? Because sure, if you're a web designer, yeah. that like you can't web design on a cloud. Like That's not how you're going right. to make it different. What are you offering your clients? How is working with you different than working with anyone else? And showcase that. Yeah, yeah. I just talked to a girl at a retreat and she's a copywriter and she was sort of vocally expressing like ideas for a course that she wants. She just, she knew she wants to put out something evergreen and something, you know, passive, but she just wasn't sure what it was going to be. And one of her things was like a DIY your copy course. And I was like, okay, so do you want to be still working with clients? Yeah, I really do. Like that's that's where my heart is. I'm like, then no, you need to be teaching them something different because you want that same person buying your course to be buying your one-on-one packages because otherwise your marketing gets confused. You know, right, like you have no clue. Different people. Yeah, you have no clue who you're talking to and you could eventually work yourself out of a job if that's what you want to do. For me, it wasn't. I didn't want to work with clients. But if you do, you have to think about it a different way. Like, I don't need to teach what I'm doing. I need to teach what comes before or after mm-hmm. what I do with people. So, right. right. Yep. Love it. So now that you've niched down and the tech part of Jessica Stansberry is growing, A, do you still have your web design business? B, are you still taking on people? Are you even marketing it? <coughs> How long is it going to live? Talk to us about that. So I'm actually taking my site down like oh. very soon because I'm no, so I, proud of you. I know I'm so excited. I don't <laughs> want I don't want to be taking on those clients anymore and I it's the funniest thing because I don't normally work with local clients. And when when I was a web designer, that was a big thing for me. I don't need to market locally because these people are not going to pay me what I want to be paid. <laughs> they want a website for $500 and I'm not doing it. So I don't ever work for local clients. And then since I made the decision to completely... I like I haven't had a full web design client in months, like months and months. So... But I've had like little stuff like, oh, right. can you help me with this sales page? Or can you, right. you know, and when I make the decision to say like, no, I'm, I'm going to say no to these inquiries 
because the money's always like enticing, right? You're always like, sure, I'll do it. That's an extra 300 bucks, you know, or whatever. But it's so distracting. It is. It really is. And that was, that was the big thing. Like with my last project, it was taking away time from the things I needed and wanted to be doing. So I was like, uh, -uh, I can't, I can't do this. So I actually have a local client that contacted me wanting me to do their site, but it is literally like the easiest job I've ever had in my life because they have like zero expectations. But, and I charge them, you know, less than I would have normally because they, they don't want to blog. They, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not a cut, like what I would normally just Jessica Stansberry. I was like, guys, everything she just said, you should not do. Don't listen listen to what she just did. That's it. That's it. I swear. And that Uh one's over. It's over. Like that one came um, a couple, it came a month ago. And even my business manager was like, you said you weren't taking anymore. (laughs) And I was like, I know, but I feel bad telling him no. So yeah, that's it. Like I'm taking down my site. If somebody else comes to me, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'll help you find somebody who will, or you can take my course. But like, I don't, I'm not going to do that anymore. So no, the web design studio is no longer open. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so guys know that if it takes you six or nine months to let go of what you've had before, that's okay. You don't have to do a cold turkey like Abigail and I did and not make money for two months. That's a lie. We did not not go cold turkey. I still (laughs) was doing client crap well, a month ago, maybe on a few things. I went cold turkey. <laughs> I, went I, don't, cold turkey. I don't make money from clients and I have not made money from clients since January of 2016. Whether that one wants to or not, <laughs> I think she's pulling at Jessica and saying yes to people she shouldn't be saying yes to. Well, there's that's one client, I don't know how another. to offload, but that's a, that's a problem. But that's, that's right. a, that's another issue that will not be discussed on this podcast. <laughs> so yeah. know that even the best of us say yes to the things we probably shouldn't say yes to. We still kind of hold on to those past identities. I had someone Facebook message me the other day asking my rates as a photographer. And I said, I'm retired. not doing that anymore. And it kind of hurt because I was like, oh, that'd be fun. But I was like, don't be an idiot. Yeah. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. So just... Say no, practice saying no, but if it takes you a while, it's okay. It's fine. Well, hopefully you learn to niche down before (laughs) struggle with that word. Before (laughs) before you're even known for something. So that you don't even have to bother with saying no. Because I think the problem we faced was that we held on to it for like when we became known for something else. So then people started inquiring for the old stuff. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like our identities grew in this other area. And so they're like, oh, I see over here that you do this thing. They see our flat lays on Instagram or they see pictures that I take of my kid on Facebook and they're like, clearly you're a photographer. Can I hire you? No, you can't afford me. <laughs> right. I would have to charge so much in order for it to be worth my time. So no, that's another thing. Like if I, if I feel bad saying no, I just price it to the point where I know they're not going to hire me. Yeah. Like, sure. So Abby did that and they said yes. Really? So then she still had to do it. (laughs) 
because she was like a lot of money, but oh God. <laughs> right. I mean, and I, I will have people come to me and I know they are not going to pay me. Like they'll just come to me and be like, I'm a beginning business owner and I really need help with my sales page and I don't really have the budget. Well, honey, DIY not- your sales page. Yeah. Apparently that needs to be a new course. Well, it's in the DIY your website course. Oh, uh, bundle. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm like, I'll just price this like $900. Yeah. And I know she's not going to pay me $900. Like that's just not, she's just told me she can't afford my whatever, you know? Right. So yeah. I mean, I think sometimes like it's easier because I'm, listen, I'm not afraid to like be mean to people or tell people like, no, at me all. Mm-mm, no, that's I don't why care. I haven't worked with clients. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't, that's I don't why. care. But sometimes you just feel bad. Like you're like, Oh, but they, they want me, you know, like they, it's, right. it's a you thing, not a them thing. Like they want Absolutely. me. And instead I'm like, okay, well, if they want me, then I'm worth this much. Absolutely. So yep. yeah, I've done that yeah. for sure. <laughs> so since we've talked about being good at niching down and like getting clear and talking to a smaller audience and how that's a good thing, have you ever seen any businesses or are you afraid of ever niching down too far? I have seen businesses do this. I'm, for instance, had I said I'm going to do the DIY your website course and only focus on WordPress only, Mm -hmm. like that be the only thing I talk about. I think that would have been too far of an itch, like too far, because that eliminates this big bucket of people that I have wanting to DIY to this smaller one. Because you guys know, I mean, some people are using Squarespace. Some people are using this. Some people are using that. And I think especially DIY type people are really like WordPress is their last option. Right. Like they have to be convinced to do that. Yes. And so like, no, I wasn't, that would have shot me in the foot. And I actually see people trying to do that. They're like, yes, like I'm going to niche down and like this person is going to be who I'm with. I know a girl, I've seen a girl doing ConvertKit this way. So I have the ConvertKit mastery course and you can ask me any question you want to about ConvertKit, but that's not my soul like system or whatever I teach. And this is hers. And so like you can tell that she is still having that same problem, going into Facebook groups, trying to get to the comment first, trying when in, when people are just tagging me because my audience is broader. So even Mm -hmm. the people using MailChimp or whatever else know that I know my stuff on ConvertKit and they'll tag me, you know? Yep. Yep. So yes, the answer is yes. To answer to your question is yes. I have seen people doing that. So I think that's an important point is that you can niche down, but still remain broad in a sense. Yeah. Like it's, it's okay to still speak to a larger audience because I think we struggled with that for a long time. It's like, are we still speaking to too many people? And I mean, I think we tried to go down the route of like, should we speak to just the photographers? Because we like we both right. came from a background. So yeah. we're like, should we speak to business owners, but like specifically one industry or spe- like not necessarily like a system, but uh, or designers or whatever. And it was just it seemed like it could work, but it was just it didn't seem like it would. Yeah. At least for us. Well, and I think what I think is interesting, though, is that I don't think that's a bad strategy for people right out of the gate. So for instance, the very first course I offered was specifically for photographers. 
I was a photographer. I was shooting, doing stuff. I had no online presence whatsoever, but I knew photographer lingo. I knew that what I learned and taught myself as a photographer, I could turn around and teach another photographer how to make more money in an in-person sale. That's what I knew. So that's who I talked to. Those are the blog posts I wrote. And that's who like started trickling in into my first program. But I saw that it was also helping other creatives because people who weren't just photographers bought it in that first round. So that's when I was like, okay, it's still helpful. So now let me like shift the course to talk to creatives and not just photographers. Now that I have a little bit of more audience, a little bit more people coming in the door, a little bit different types of people coming in the door, I feel like I can do that. So I don't think it's bad to necessarily lean into that like very clear industry at the beginning because that's what you know really well. But as soon as you're getting other people in the door, pivot to include other things. For sure. I have, I mean, I think it's not a new term by any means and God knows where I heard it, but like niche down, niche up and then, no wait, niche down and then niche up. See, I screw up quotes. Like that's this is a Jessica thing. Niche it sideways and then come through diagonally. Yes. If it's not a Reese Witherspoon movie, I can't (laughs) quote it. Like, I just can't. I don't know what my problem... But anyway, you know what I mean? Like, niche down, like, very much, and then niche up. So, yeah, yeah, I I agree. Like, my first course was a WordPress course. I'm a WordPress designer. Like, duh. You know? But then, yes, I had people being like, oh, well, like, I got WordPress. How do I hook it to MailChimp? And how do I do this? And how do I do that? And so... I saw the need for these same people needing these other things. So it sort of got broader as the... But I think what you did is listen. I think a lot of people don't. I think a lot of people are like, well, I did this thing and now I'm married to whatever world they're living in at the time. And they don't feel like they can shift their business. If I could tell you how many times we decided to change what I feel like is basically everything, <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times that's happened. All the time. Right. I, I mean, I'm a huge believer in just listening to your people. I, I do it unintentionally now. But in the beginning, it was more intentional. Like, oh, I see this question coming up in Facebook yeah. groups. Let me go put it on my good idea for a blog post, you know, and then, but like now, especially like in-person events, when you'll hear people like really like talking about a specific topic, I'm like, oh, okay. I hear this question. I see that this is a common question and I'm going to put it out there. At the last conference I was at, everybody was like confused about how to install their Facebook pixel. And that's in my tech guide on my site. So I was like, y'all go get it. Like it's already there. So, I mean, you just have to, you have to listen to what people are saying to know what to put out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, being able to take that and break it down, you break it down, break it down now. But (laughs) you, you made it more instinctual over time. I think at the beginning you have to be you have to make it more intentional because you're just not used to making those decisions. But then over time, you just are so used to adjusting based on what's happening that you don't Mm -hmm. even think about it. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I go into writing blog posts and I don't have to like think about, Oh, what, what have people been saying in my Facebook group? Like I just know because like I store that information. It has a special file in my brain now where before I had to like really 
like go to the fa- uh, go to a Facebook group. This was long before we had our own, and really sort of pay attention to people. There was a lot more intention behind it before. For yeah. sure. I did the same thing. I would screenshot it and then plop it in a oh. Trello board because it was like blog post ideas, course ideas. And it would yeah. just be a screenshot of somebody's question because it was, you have to realize that, especially from a course creator's point of view, that what you know is not known by everybody. Yeah. So you can, like, even the simplest of things can be taught to somebody. So yeah. and there's a lot of times when I'll be like recording a course or whatever. And or writing a blog post. And I'm like, everybody knows how to do this. Like it's not. And then I get the best comments. Like I did not know you could do that. So yeah, you have to remember that you're teaching to people who don't instinctively know what you know. And that's okay because you've spent all these years figuring out what you know and they've not. So you're teaching them the thing. Or you just get asked the same question over and over again, and it's not even something you teach. Like, how do you get the spaces on your Instagram captions? If if one more person asks us how to do that, I swear. Oh, my. And I know, Jessica, I've seen you answer the same question, too, like over and over and over again. I'm like, do I need to just get a billboard ad and like put it everywhere? Like, here's here's the answer, guys. It's not that complicated. I need to make it a shortcut in my phone is what I need to do. For sure. Or the blog post. Like just a blog post and then you can copy it because yeah, like I, I literally have a spreadsheet that my assistant goes into and like if I publish a post for you guys or I publish a post for myself, she grabs the direct URL because I will never remember that shit, right? Like I'm not going to remember what the URL was and she puts it in a spreadsheet. So it's like how to ching phone. This is the URL so (laughs) that I can easily run in and grab it if I see that question come up and like, oh, here's this post we did about that. So, yes, I mean, people, people will understand what you're known for and then Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll even break it down even further, you know, like, oh, so on Gmail, because you know how to make a signature, how do you do this other weird thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just listen and I'm like, okay. Like that's a question yeah. I'm answering over and over and over. It probably needs to go on a blog post because I'm yeah. tired of writing it. You know. So if you guys are feeling exhausted, because I know we, I felt exhausted doing this, and it's it's know that there is an ending. It, it's especially prevalent at the beginning of going into Facebook groups, being super super active in those threads, paying attention to what people are asking. It's market research. It is going to build your business. It is going to help you figure out your niche. So if it's exhausting now, know that you don't have to always forever do that. We're not always forever in everyone's Facebook group looking about what we should write about. So it does end. But if you're in that season right now, like you're building your audience by doing that. So yeah. keep doing it. And when you become known for something, then people just tag you and you answer. Like it's yep. not, it's not like you have to go out searching. People then nope. just tag you. I just wait like, for the tags. Exactly. <laughs> one of my I have ambassadors in my Facebook group now. And one of the things was if it's a question I need to answer, please tag me. Because yes. Not that I'm not going through my Facebook group daily, but I miss stuff. And like sometimes I think somebody else has answered it and I just don't, you know. So I'm like, please tag me because that's that's when you're going to get the best response. (laughs) When I get a (laughs) notification that says, hey, bitch, go answer that. Like that's when I'm going to go do it. You're like, okay, yes, I'll do it. I see it now. (laughs) Okay. So Jessica, I feel like I'm going to try to force a Southern accent out of myself, but we'll see. Oh, God. This should be interesting. Okay, go for it. I I don't know how to do talk strategy. Talk strategy to me, (laughs) y'all. 
talk strategy to me, y'all. <laughs> you have to drag out your vowels. Like that's that's the one thing. So talk, talk, like the A goes on forever. Talks. <laughs> <laughs> Face she's making while she's trying to say that sounded British. Yeah. <laughs> Talk strategy to me. Just cause stands I'm pretty sure I've become <laughs> British instead. Okay, now that we've had accent corner, let's go over to our next segment of talk strategy to me. If you could break down three to five steps for newbies, if they are wanting to kind of niche down their audience, figure out what their offers are, what are the steps that you recommend they go about doing that? Sure. Listen to your people. Go ask people. Listen to what's being said to you. If you have to go ask, go ask. I mean, we don't always have best friends out there, right, to tell us. So go ask. Be like, hey, what was cool and about And typically that? your best friend doesn't know shit about your business. Right. <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh, that's cool that you do that thing yeah. and I don't know what it is. Do that's that. awesome. That sounds great. So go ask what you're good at. Go ask people what they would tag you in a Facebook group about. Like what Mm -hmm. would that one thing be? Then pick a niche (laughs) and expand. So like you said, Emily, like pick the niche. And if it needs to be narrow, like all WordPress all the time, then that's fine. But don't be afraid to expand a little bit. Like, oh, I'm not just the WordPress girl. I'm the tech girl. Like that's a whole different spectrum. And then last one would be to make note of what people are asking in Facebook groups. So if you get to seeing that a lot of people in Facebook groups are asking the same questions and they're not getting answered and Mm -hmm. you know the answer, whether you know, whether it's in your current business model or not, like maybe you're like, oh, like there's nobody out there teaching people how to do like spreadsheets. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be in the same thing you're doing now. But if you see this question and you know how to answer it and you enjoy answering it, then answer it. How many times can you say answer it in one sentence? (laughs) Answer, 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 answer it. All the questions. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for coming on today. I would love for you to tell people where to go find you in all the places, what you have going on right now, what they can go buy from you, all the things. So as this airs, I have just launched a course called Crash Course, and it's a course on how to create courses. So (laughs) basically, that's the tagline. So you can go buy that. Everything about me and that information is all on OOHheyJessica.com because some douchebag has HeyJessica.com and won't sell it to me. Uh, Actually, he will, but for $3,000. Uh-huh, right. We're sending him the bad bad vibes. Yeah, douchebag. That's his first and last name. (laughs) Mr. Back. Back. (laughs) Yeah. So, ohheyjessica.com. And then my Facebook group is called Biz Tech Collective. So, I'd love to come have you come hang out with me there because, you know, it's fun and nerdy and like weird sometimes. I don't know. It's a party. Like, sometimes I do Facebook lives while I'm like, feeding the cows on my farm. Eating, eating a baguette. Or eating a baguette, which was actually me peeling a sweet potato. <laughs> I was so confused. Because <laughs> you were you listening? I mean, did you just see it and it there was, I was no just sound? Yeah. And all I saw was like you with your big old grin and a what looked like a baguette <laughs> nearing your face. 
And I was like, girlfriend is about to eat a whole baguette on the camera. I might watch this. <laughs> and then I realized it was a potato and I was like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, it was a sweet potato. And I, I really needed to peel these sweet potatoes, but I needed to do a Facebook Live. And my audience knows that I'm you know, maybe way over in left field today. And it's okay. Like I'm, I've embraced that and I actually use it to my advantage. So it works. So my sweet Southern soul sister, (laughs) I'm so glad you came on the podcast today and dealt with my not so put together self. And, you know, we had a lot of fun. I'll come back. Thanks for being here. Of course. I'll come back anytime. Awesome. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.